You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. I'm just talking about how great Jim Carrey is. So, uh, he is great. Save it. Because <laughs> yeah, Joe doesn't want to hear it. Joe hates Jim Carrey. I'm not sure if that's true. I, that, that's what I could. I mean, you know what? You know what, Joel? I'm glad you said that because you know why? I was just going off about how great Jim Carrey was. Joe was like, "Really? Well, <laughs> well, we, he, he was just quiet the whole time." What do you know Jim Carrey from, though? Because there's a wide. There's there are many uh, uh, colors to Jim Carrey in living in living color. <laughs> that's right. That's what. And see, and that's what I was—that's what I was just telling him because I because he asked, he's like, "So have you seen this before?" I was like, "I have," but I realized that I've seen so many movies as a child that I did not know what the fuck was going on in any of those movies, and now seeing them as an adult, I'm like, "Oh shit, these are good movies. These are really good movies, and this is why people like them." You know and- what were some of the other movies? Oh yeah, good question, Joe. Uh, but, 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 the Matrix. The oh Matrix. fuck yeah. I remember falling I remember falling asleep in the How movie do you theater fucking watching, fall asleep in the watching, watching the second watching the second Matrix. Oh yeah, the oh, second the one second sucks. One. Of course, yeah, everyone should one. fall asleep in front of that. But it's like I remember everybody being so excited to see this movie and I'm and I was like, "All right, we're going to the movie." <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, well, here's a question. Had you seen the first Matrix? Cuz that would probably answer some questions. I I see that thing I had at that time cuz like my brothers are both 4 and they're 4 and 6 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of movies that like my friends didn't really see and like a lot of shows they didn't watch but I watched because of my brothers. Interesting. So they always they always took me to to like they always took me to watch like oh I was watching horror movies when I was like 8 years old because God, of damn. my brothers. You and Joe. Yeah, like yeah man it's like I got exposed to that shit. You know, that's, that's funny you say that because I'm kind of in a similar situation. My brother and sister are five and six years ahead of me. And I'm realizing like, yeah, I was, I was exposed to stuff that I didn't quite get or, or it wouldn't like none of my peers watch these movies from like the late seventies because it's like, dude, we were fucking babies. Exactly. But I saw like, you're like, oh man, yeah, I know all that shit. Like Mr. Mom. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Coming soon to an episode of the Editing Bay. Mr. Mom starring Michael Keaton, Terry Gar. Joe, you've seen that. Terry right? Gar. Yeah, man. Oh, I love that movie. That's and, a good movie. And that it's was- funny what you're saying, Tess, because like, I, I had a similar thing over the weekend. They were showing E.T. on uh, oh. TBS. And I was and that's a movie that I think that may be the first movie I saw in a theater. Like, it stuck oh, with wow. me. And for the longest time, maybe even still today, it was like my favorite movie. But, oh, yeah. wow. but I was watching it again and, and realizing like how many adult things are in there that like I just didn't get until some of them until now uh, like realize like oh shit this shot is specifically here because you know in, in, in a way that I didn't the last time I saw it fifteen years ago because I'd been you know I hadn't seen it with fresh eyes. Yeah, that's that's see that's why I'm that's why I'm so excited to like dive back into like movies like that's why I want to watch Desperado again because that's oh. like mine and my brother Akeem's like favorite movie. Good Doesn't look. matter where we are, whenever it's on, we'll tell the other one like, "Hey man, Desperado's on." <laughs> so we'll, just, we'll just watch that shit and just talk like, "Oh man, it's so amazing. I love this movie." Interesting. It's man, it's so your ET. Yeah, it is. That's that's why I that's why I was thinking about. That's why I'm thinking about picking that for mine, like in two weeks. Spoiler alert! But 
But I'm not gonna lie to you. After watching the Truman Show and seeing Jim Carrey, it opened my it opened my mind to remembering so many other Jim Carrey movies that I've seen. Like I was telling Joe, I basically grew up with Jim Carrey. Oh like, yeah. In the, yeah. Like when I think about it, back to the '90s, like he I, and I looked it up. Like he did in '94. That's when he did The Mask. That's when he oh, did yeah. Ace Ventura, and he also did. Um, I forgot the other, but he did three movies in 94 that, that were three pretty big movies to where I'm like, I've seen all of those. And then as while I was watching this, I was like, wait a minute. There's also Liar Liar. Oh, yeah. There's also Bruce, Bruce Almighty. And then there's um, the internal uh, Sun- Sunshine the internal- of the Spotless. Dude, one of my fucking favorite movies. Like, seriously, then- like top 10 movies for me. And I was talking to Keon, and Keon was like, oh, man, but what about that other one? Oh, man, the funny-ass one where he's got the black suns. I was like, me, me myself, myself and Irene. Oh, oh my fucking god! Because my mom's name is Irene, so that was why oh, we yeah. watched that movie. While we watched that movie, and it's one of my family's like favorite movies. It, uh, it's uh, I can't believe I but, forgot about but that. But Dumb movie. and Dumber, Dumb and oh. Dumber is a fucking classic too, man. Exactly. It's like how can I figure about Dumb and Dumber? That's what I was like. People don't respect Jim Carrey. No, you're right. There's some, there was a movie that came out in the '80s, uh, a vampire comedy called Once Bitten. Which oh, was yeah. the first place? That, it's the first time I ever saw Jim Carrey. Three songs. Uh, and then after that, what about Earth Girls uh, are the, easy. The next time, the next time I saw him was in on in Living Color, nice. and, I, and I just knew him as yeah, he's the guy from that funny vampire movie. <laughs> and it wasn't until like like it was seriously like what like it's it was like a good ten years later after that movie that Ace Ventura hit, mm-hmm. yeah, and he finally like rose to superstardom. But yeah, there was Batman Forever. Oh, it's not a Batman oh, Forever episode. That, that is that why you don't is that why you don't like him as much as you should. No, Joe? you know what? There's a thing about, um, <laughs> and it's specifically actors like Jim Carrey, like actors that like blow up so big and yeah, kind of like like when Tom Hanks first started doing dramas. And oh, it seemed yeah. like that was like if for, Philadelphia for the longest time. For the longest time, he was just like this household comedic name. Then he started doing dramas, and it kind of started feeling like, bro, are you just doing this to get you that Oscar? Like, it just—it <laughs> felt like these weird desperate desperation moves. Whereas, like with Tom Hanks, he kept winning them. <laughs> Whereas with Jim Carrey, he kept yeah. trying. I think that's I think a misses. One uh, with Man on the Moon or something, but um, but yeah, I just. I kind of got sick of seeing him like doing that over and over. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see him get back to his Ace Ventura roots. Mm. Uh, and then he did with me, myself, and Irene, which I absolutely uh, adore. I love that movie. I've so never much. seen that one. Yeah. People like it. Oh, that's, it's well, really good. Spoiler. I think that's what I'm going to pick if I don't pick Desperado. <laughs> well, we're not there yet, buddy. You still well, got another week. I'm, so, well, I'm sorry. This is actually the last episode. I'm here to announce uh, there'll be no longer, no other episodes coming up. So, I get the last oh, pick of movies. Thanks, guys, for giving me the well honor. Oh, oh, that's a shame that we well, ended on, end on a Joel pick, man. Oh, yeah, but a goodie. Oh, great. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It I mean, is it? Is it? Yes. It was, Fucking great it? film. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Actually, yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about it. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. It's Des. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes bad movies, no matter what the case. Every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other, with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, Mm -hmm. who we invite to take part in the discussion. Go to Facebook.com slash Editing Bay or on Facebook. Find that search bar, uh, type Editing Bay, and it's going to bring up an image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us know what you think about the movie and if you have ideas for us 
uh, for movies for us to watch in the future, go ahead and put those down and we'll add it to the list. Uh, we are this week talking about Joel's pick, 1998's The Truman Show, uh, directed by Peter Weir, who gave us Witness, The Mosquito Coast, Dead Poet Society, Green Card, and Master Commander, The Far Side of the World. Which is another uh, great one. Uh, Ooh, no. The, uh, no, Master and Commander, I, I, I felt, to pull the test, I fell asleep watching that one. <laughs> I would, you know what? I would call that one an almost great film. It's not perfect, and uh, you kind of have to be into that uh, sort of thing, but it felt like part documentary, part made-for-TV movie, but, but in a good way. See, oh, okay. Uh, the budget for this was $60 million, uh, and, uh, and the box office, $264.1 million. I don't remember this being uh, that big of a hit back then. Yeah, oh, I remember. I remember it being a big hit. I, 1998 was a big year too. Oh yeah, because uh, it also gave us movies like The Big Lebowski, yes, mm. uh, Saving Private Ryan, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Practical oh. Magic, What Dreams May Come, the uh, American version of Godzilla, uh, the first American <laughs> version of Godzilla, yes, The clarify. Wedding Singer, uh, Joel's favorite Can't Hardly Wait, Meet that Joe Black, Grounders, Patch Adams, Half Baked. There's something about nice. Mary. Lost in Space, Night at the Roxbury, Mulan, American History X, Rush Hour, The Water Boy, uh, what the Desk of Zorro, Prince of Egypt, Hope Floats, Pleasantville, The Horse Horse Whisperer, He Got Game, Species, The Avengers, not the Marvel version, Deep Impact, and you know if Deep Impact came out, it also gave us Armageddon. (laughs) That's right. Bruce DeIllis. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys? Did you guys Good know? Movies. I did a little bit of reading up on this. the uh, The role of Truman was originally meant to be played by Robin Williams. Uh, oh, wow. I could totally see that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's basically an, an older uh, Jim Carrey in a lot of ways, or Jim Carrey is the spiritual to be successor. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Right, but then uh, director Peter Weir saw Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura and said that he reminded him of Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. And was like, I want to work mm-hmm. with this guy. And apparently the two had kind of a, a heated relationship on set. <laughs> I could see that. They, they didn't always get along, but Peter Weir always respected Jim Carrey's ability to like improvise. Mm. And so still like leaned heavily into that. Um, mm. Not only was Jim Carrey not the first choice for the main actor, we also had a couple of directors that were oh. supposed to be a part of this movie uh, before it fell on Peter Weir. Well, maybe one. It was originally supposed to be a Brian De Palma project. <laughs> okay. Uh, but but the, <laughs> the producers went with Peter Weir because he cost $20 million less. That <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> well, they made a good decision on that one. And, uh, <laughs> and X-Men's Brian Singer. What? Originally wanted, he, he originally wanted to direct this, but the studio felt like he didn't have enough experience to hold down this project. Hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, he'd only had Usual Suspects at that point, right? In ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. Because Usual hmm. Suspects was what a, a 96, 95, 96, 96, I think. Oh. Yeah. Wow. You know, <laughs> and no surprise that they wouldn't uh, think of Jim Carrey first, because up until this point, he hadn't really done uh, any dramas, right, or anything serious. Uh, I think no, this, this was no. the first one. Yeah. This was the first thing. So uh, pretty brave of them to uh, to kind of see that and think that he can do both. Where and that you... was part of the reason why Jim Carrey really wanted to play this role, was to kind of exercise his yeah. acting chops and show people, Which... I'm not just the funny actor. Yeah. You know, I can, I can do some drama. Now, uh, where do you fall as mm-hmm. far as uh, Jim Carrey goes? <laughs> uh, man, that's rough. <laughs> I am. Um, Be honest. Thing... I think it's tainted because, like, my high school girlfriend was a huge Jim Carrey fan. Here we go. And so every uh. time I every time I see and think of Jim Carrey, 
uh, I think of getting farted on at the prom. And so, yeah. Wow. What a date. Prom night. Yeah. Prom night. We went back to my buddy, Daniel, like me, all my friends and our dates, like went back to my buddy, Daniel's house. And, you know, the, the, she, she fell asleep. We were laying next to each other. She fell asleep next to me. And then, like, farted on me, like, two or three times. <laughs> okay, so this wasn't like uh, somebody was holding you down and she was, like, doing it as a prank. This was a – she let it slip. Yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, uh, well, that changes everything. You know, in, in her defense, it was in her sleep, so there's that. Um, but, no, like, Jim Carrey, I I like for the most part. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some decisions, some choices he's made later in his career where I'm like, what? Like, I just <laughs> – but I just recently uh, – no, dude. You know what? He's actually really good in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Sonic is pretty good. Have you watched? Oh, Sonic it is great. Yeah, yeah. Sonic is great. Yeah, Sonic's great. He does a good He's job. Great in that movie. Um, I remember this movie. Uh, I, I, I especially remember the marketing of this movie when it was coming out, uh, because Jim Carrey at this point was huge. He mm-hmm. was he was huge. Mm-hmm. He was making like record salaries on movies and stuff, and he actually took a pay cut to be in this movie oh really uh yeah yeah uh and so so that's i guess how much he kind of believed in working on this film and i gotta say like when i first saw this film Mm -hmm. i i kind of had mixed emotions and i think overall when i walked out of the theater i felt pretty negative about it really wow uh oh yeah yeah and this time around i think i liked it more but i still think that this movie uh whiffs the landing it's it's really? a good film, and then then yeah, I think it whiffs the landing. I can't wait to hear more about that. But uh, be- before we get into yeah, details, sure. I just got to say I'm a completely 180 degree experience from the first time seeing it. Um, I, it wasn't really something I was looking forward to, but uh, went and saw it like on an afternoon matinee. I remember I was living in Arlington, Texas at the time. I just went by myself and was like so jazzed by it just moved by it um and and inspired by it like i I literally went back the next day and watched it again and i can't remember the last time i'd done something like that Mm. and i can't even to this day really explain what it is uh we we can get Uh into maybe kind of some of the themes and and uh, theories later on but uh yeah it just really it really stuck with me and it was unlike anything i'd seen especially i think another like reality tv Movie came out that year, that same year, much in the same Ed, way that Armageddon and uh, Deep Ed Impact. Years. Yeah, Ed TV, uh, directed by um, what's the guy's name who does mediocre films? Ron Howard. Ron, yes, <laughs> directed by Ron Howard. <laughs> and like, just I think the well, it was the next year. Okay, nineteen ninety nine. Ed TV came out. It was very close, and I remember seeing them both and thinking, like, wow, what a what a uh, what a great compare and contrast that we're able to do with these two films that kind of on the surface, at least in writing, the elevator pitch sound like the same movie. But this one just sure. having so much more to say and such a, a, a built-out world. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I just loved its style. Yeah. It's it's cool sci-fi. It's very – like. Would you call it, it a sci-fi? It rings. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I would call this sci-fi. It's got, it's got mm. a a very Ray Bradbury feel to it. Yeah, like a Twilight Zone uh, episode. A Twilight Zone episode, yeah. Ray Bradbury feel, and I think that's kind of where where I get a little disappointed in the film hmm. because where I enjoy the movie the most is as Truman is kind of peeling back the layers and just what's going on. Right. But there's there's a point in this movie where he kind of has reached a, a bit of a breaking point mm-hmm. in like, you know, kind of figuring everything out. And then like, 
there's I don't I can't I don't even know how to describe it. There's kind of like this weird uh like settling back into the norm. But then the next thing we know oh. he's in a boat. Like it, oh, it, I just I, I, I feel like it's not for as a viewer, hmm. as someone who has gone on this journey, starting at the very beginning of this movie, we've been going on this journey with Truman. Mm-hmm. Like and then suddenly they shift gears, which is also weird. I thought that I remembered there being a little bit more of a back and forth, like following Truman, but then also seeing like the behind the scenes stuff earlier in the film. Right? I didn't know it was like forty two minutes into the movie is. when we finally shift gears and it's almost like an act break where like mm-hmm. we yep. suddenly, you know, he's he's having his tea or whatever and we do the whole thing sheer the Q and A bit and the interview and we talk to, to Ed Harris. And it's great the way it's done. It's really oh, yeah. well done. Mm-hmm. I just think that maybe this movie would have benefited from it happening earlier. Uh, uh, I, I actually because once we hit that point, we just kind of skip ahead to Truman. Like now, I'm trying to escape. Yeah, now I'm trying to get out. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna push back on both of those <laughs> theories. For one, you can push back. I hear what you you're saying. Right? No, no, no. Just opinions here. Just <laughs> no. interpretations. I, I can't. Uh, I can't uh, deny you your experience, your truth, Joe. Uh, but uh, I can tell you that, like, I, having watched it numerous times, and even after that first time watching it again, you kind of see that Truman, I think Truman's already figured out what's going on at the beginning of the movie, right? Like, he's probably had this theory for a while. He's probably been keeping it inside of his, inside of his own head. He, if he thinks he's being tape recorded, he's not going to go out and, and speak it out loud. But I think he... From the beginning of the movie, when that light falls, by the way, um, and they start blaming it, you hear on the radio... As you said, yeah, car later. Airplane, oh, airplane yeah. dropping parts. Look out. They always find some way to explain it, which I think is brilliant. Um, really? But from that point on, I think he's already got it figured out. He's just now confirming everything he knows, and now he's playing it out for the cameras is how I, really? I interpret it. So that by the time, like you said, he has that break, that's not him figuring it out. That's him kind of like resigning himself to the truth of his reality and deciding that he's going to do something about it. That's why he's so calm and collected. I understand. I understand that. I see. I think that... It isn't until he's having drinks with uh, the Noah Emmerich character, the Marlin character. Yeah. I feel like that's where he's really, like yeah. he's kind of peaking, like he's yeah. finally having his breakdown. And I think that when when they have he has that speech, when Marlin has that speech, he's mm-hmm. like, "I would never lie to you because if this is a whole thing, that means I would be I a part it. of it." Yep. Yeah. And the thing is, what I get out of that is Jim Carrey that Truman is having that same dialogue in his own head, yep. and that he's breaking down because he's accepting the fact that like yeah his buddy's probably he in on it is too. lying to him yep yeah exactly that was, uh, one of, that was one of the like only scenes that was really that 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 was powerful like that yeah yeah to for me Toro was like oh yeah they're definitely trying to show us that there's a there's other stuff happening with this and mm. they're both trying to tell each other something but because in that in that scene honestly i thought that marlon was loki was was kind of trying to tell true and like yeah, this is made up. Oh yeah, but like not trying to actually say it though. But like that would mean that I. You know what? I would have enjoyed that a little bit more mm-hmm. if there was like a character that, like, you know, the fact that he talks to him, he's like, "I've known you since I was seven years old," and I'm exactly. assuming he has. This guy has yeah. known him since him he was and, seven uh, years and old. Laura Linney and yeah, and so I feel like I would have probably enjoyed that a little bit, where like it's this actor trying to give him like cues, like. It, this is this isn't what you think it is like i dig that we get to see a little bit of that with the father character mm-hmm. 
that you know he yes. kind of he breaks character trying to protect Truman mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. early on, and then kind of shows up. And they don't ever. And I thought they had explained for some reason. I thought they had explained how the father character actually showed up on the set, uh, and Jim Carrey sees him again. No, I thought I remembered them explaining it you, as like a you you hired him to be an extra, and you didn't realize he's the guy that played his father. For some reason, oh, this like the, the, this dialogue. I remembered it in my head, but I never saw it in the a, film. It's the a throwaway. Time yeah, it's a throwaway line when Ed Harris is doing the interview with uh, uh, Harry Shearer, who's great by the yeah. way. Um, and um, he's like Stanley Tucci from would, The Hunger Games. And you just hit my recast. My recast already is Stanley <laughs> Tucci, specifically from The Hunger Games. Um, but yeah, he, he has that line where he's like, uh, you know, oh, uh, oh, I already forgot the guy's name. Ed Harris. Oh, Christoph. Christoph. How did Christoph. you? Uh, how did you decide to deal with uh, you know the, his father breaking back onto the set? And he's like, well, that's when we decided to write him back in. So it's just kind of a little throwaway line there. They don't really yeah. get into specifics. It's implied though. Uh, but going back yeah. to Marlon real quick, it's like. Uh, you were saying that like he was trying to be, uh, you know, uh, open up to him and, and uh, subliminally be a friend to him. I saw it as more nefarious than that. And in fact, um, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Yeah, we, we, no. we were saying that it would have been nicer if that was the way he was playing it. Oh right, yeah, it, yeah. But, but it's not. Yeah, no, it's definitely nefarious. Like he is. Yeah, and it's messed up because of the fact. It's messed up because of the fact that you're like, yeah, I've known you since he, I was. He seven. grew up with right, it. Yeah, where it's like, why wouldn't you? That's really your friend. Yeah. Be, it's like, at least I understand, okay, it's your job. You can't tell him what's going on. But in that situation, if you're like, well, I mean, dang, Truman, you've already kind of started to realize yeah, this. This guy's well, going through some pain. Would, yeah, Tori, he'd be like, well, I mean, that'd mean that I'm in yeah. on it as well. Like, that's why. And that it'd be great if they had done it like that. But, yeah, it's kind of messed yeah. up. But it's it's funny about his father, though, too, about how he comes back and then he's just brainwashed again to, to then helping the show yeah. against Truman again. <laughs> and also like how they explain like how they've had other people try to come on the yes. show before. I love that sequence <laughs> of the guy like busting out of the, uh, the huge uh, the present who parachutes in. Yes. Yeah. You're on a show, Truman. Truman. Whoa. I made it. <laughs> I love it because it's so real. Like, you know, shit like that would happen. Like if this were a real yeah. thing, there would be uh, oh. some TikTok videos of people busting in. Oh, of course! Like it was crazy how they were trying to explore world of the Truman Show. Like, yeah, it's the it's the biggest uh, structure seen. It's one of the biggest mm-hmm. structures seen from from, from space. Uh, space. Yeah, I was like, are you? I was like, are you kidding me? How is this possible? See, and that's another <laughs> thing. Going back to Joe's point, where you were saying you wanted them to kind of introduce some of that behind the scenes earlier, and it be kind of a back and forth. I I looking back in this film. I remember it being that way, kind of a back and forth. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. When you realize it's 40 minutes, but the way it plays out, I think it's perfect because it's it's a great yeah. mystery. Like it's feeding you little nuggets throughout the side. Otherwise, it, it would it, give away. What well, by the time we get to it, we already kind of suspect what's going on. It's kind of like the Matrix, and then finally you're like revealed, and all of your uh, ideas are it, confirmed. It would be it would be fine if that's not what the whole ad campaign of the movie when it was being released eh. relied on we knew what the twist was and that's really Already? frustrating and the thing is oh, you know yeah, if you're cool. someone like tess you know kind of going into this movie fresh then you're not you know oh this is this is cool but the thing yeah. is like and at the time in 1998 that was the whole ad campaign we knew that's the movie point. was about a guy yeah. who lived a tv show oh, and like he doesn't that. know it yeah everybody we knew what the what it was so that's why you know i guess for me to watch the movie and to already know, like, let's not protect the twist because you already used it in your ad campaign. Like, that's that seems really silly. See, and I, um, I see it as the opposite. I see it as like we already assume the audience knows what's up. There's no point 
to like there doesn't need to be a reveal. We'll get to it when we get to it in the way the story is told. I can see both sides of that because I mean I'm the type of person who doesn't really mind like spoilers. So I guess having the yeah. twists already spoiled for me, I still enjoy seeing how it comes about. So in that, I, I can appreciate mm. it. But I understand what you mean on like had they. I mean you already you already told us what ha- what's going to happen. Get to it a little early and then just get away with it. I can understand that as well. Here's my ultimate problem with all of this, though, is that Truman, when he realizes that his entire life is a lie, mm-hmm. it it doesn't seem to have the proper gravity. It doesn't seem to have like the that proper like my whole life is a lie. You didn't have that. everything around me is breaking down. Like mm-hmm. like there there needs to be a little bit more of that uh, that compromise or like what is it they call it bargaining yeah where maybe maybe he thinks there are other people in this world Mm. that also don't know that it's a show like that's that's what i would have explored a little bit more that like Mm. maybe he goes to his he goes to noah and he's like we're living in a show did you know this like we're living in a fake world like like, stuff like Stuff like that, like once he actually finds out, because Mm -hmm. this is the only life you've known. This is the only reality that you've known. So it it just seems to be very easy for Truman to kind of compartmentalize it. And the thing is, I would understand if it was like a a two hour and 15 minute movie. (laughs) And it's like, dude, we cannot add more stuff. But this is a lean hour and a half. Yeah. You You want him to flesh it out a little more, huh? There's yeah. definitely some room to flesh this movie out a little bit more, and I wouldn't have minded if they did. Uh, I, it, the movie definitely has some 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 logic bubbles, some holes, if you will. Well, like yes. this whole thing by you know the, the fact that this show has been going on for like thirty something years. Yes. <laughs> Are we to believe that Ed Harris has been directing it the entire time? Sounds like, like it. there isn't. There isn't a second unit director, like yeah. someone who like someone who directs like Ed Harris is going to go on vacation. So let's uh, let's have somebody else come in and do it. Uh, I love the fact that Philip Glass is like playing the score <laughs> He's like live, doing it live. Isn't that great? Yeah, I love that. But I think the thing that like they're just little things that kind of pull me out of it. Well, uh, at, at the end, skipping kind of the end where Kristoff uh, sure. is talking to Truman and which is a amazing scene powerful the the um, the scene between the two the fact that you you sit there and you consider like ed harris who's a huge star in his own right Mm -hmm. and jim carrey in the same film interacting but we're never in the same room right like that's that's insanity but he has this whole thing where he's talking to truman he's like i know you truman yeah i've been watching you your entire life and then he says something i go he says the episode where you took your first steps and i was like Bitch, if this is a show that's on 24-7, there's no seven days a week, there's no episodes. It's just a live stream. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, it is eerie how accurate this depiction of reality TV was before reality right? TV became Ever a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. His big brother. The fact that the fact that there was a TV, a reality TV show, and then a show after the show that was breaking things down. Just like you <laughs> yes. said, just like Big Brother. I was I was really impressed with how like clairvoyant yeah this pro this this movie was mm-hmm. uh, when it when you consider the entertainment that we have today uh i love the it's, merchandising it's that's kind of uh <laughs> uh thrown both in the real world where we see the people that are watching tv there's the old uh uh old little women uh and they're yeah. they're like holding a the truman pillow. pillow like crocheted yeah. truman pillow and uh, merchandise like that, and then also the way that Laura Linney <laughs> and all it's the other actors products. Yeah, yes. she's got products. Or, or uh, Marlon is like, "This is a good beer." Yeah, you know, okay, he like, got a six pack. That's his thing. 
Who are you, you know, talking to? That is great. Didn't you find it interesting that they never they didn't try to tie in actual products for the product placement in this movie? That would have been very meta, even for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. But I guess if I, for me, knowing like film and what it takes to make film and getting financing and mm-hmm. like getting money and stuff and kickback, this movie has so many opportunities for them to have made money yeah. off of product mm-hmm. integration, and I wonder, they didn't do it. I wonder if it's more that uh, companies didn't want to be associated with the film that is lampooning advertising. Uh, in films, they want to do it for real. They don't want to draw attention to it and, <laughs> and then, be made and then fun they of. Turned around for uh, for idiocracy. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> it's Star yeah. Fox and Carl's Jr. Yeah. Fuck I, you. So, but but kind of yeah. I'm eating. Um, <laughs> it. I just. It, it would have been. I think it would have been nicer to see like the hints get dropped a little more subtly as we went along. <laughs> well, uh, you know, because like I said, they didn't. They marketed this movie in a way that you knew what the twist was. Now, had they marketed it like that Matthew McConaughey Serenity movie? <laughs> yes, where he where has you, an epiphany. You, you didn't, it, you, they, they didn't, you had no idea what the plot was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it was a, a real surprise. Uh, the, and, and that's what I compared it. Like, early on, I was like, man, had they marketed this thing like Serenity? I wonder if people would have gone to see it just based on the fact of Jim Carrey being the star. Without even knowing that it was about a Without guy knowing. on a TV show. But then you yeah. lose the whole intent of the movie. Like, it's it's wearing its satire on its sleeve. You know, it's not trying to be subtle. It's, it's try, trying to be the lobster. Like, it's beating you over the head with it. And I think that's where kind of some <laughs> of the, the comedy comes from in the satire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, I mean... It allow it allows for Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey after a while also because true. in the beginning he's he's Truman who's this character I mean he's this happy he's this happy go lucky guy who's goofy yeah but we see him as his has, he we see him deteriorate as he starts to realize like wait things are weird there's something going mm-hmm. on here I just saw my dad who I know died and then as soon as I realized that was my dad two people took him away yes what yeah. the fuck How is, scary what is the that? fuck is going on yeah to where you can then you see him start to act like you see the the comedy come out of him. You mm-hmm. see him start joking a lot more and just doing the quirky things that we know Jim Carrey to do. To where it's it's great to see that happen over time. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's only an hour and thirty minutes, yeah. so they they spent the first like thirty five minutes setting that up. To where by the time got to like the forty something minute mark, it was like oh, okay, we now have to start having him realize yeah. all this shit. This could have been a TV series. Get, get him to, yeah, it could have been like every episode, like, you know, at the end of the first episode, you realize it's a TV show. And then everyone afterwards, you kind of explore that, a different aspect like of more. Oh, man. Of yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. After Actually, the second episode, at the end of the second one, you finally uncover. Oh, because I mean, oh, it, it would you know what? Yeah. Put Damon Lindelof at the head of it. There you go. That's exactly J. what they J. would Abram. do. <laughs> We'd have a whole uh, um, episode exploring uh, how Laura Linney is basically a prostitute in this world. Actress no, but, slash porn star, because. I get the feeling she isn't. <laughs> I get the because they ended up having they ended up having her leave the show uh-huh. and brought in someone else oh, yeah. because they wanted the first on screen like conception or whatever. But she's been and married I, to this guy. But I don't. But I don't think they've ever. What? I, I have a feeling they've never. Really? Because yeah. that that is funny. She hates them. There's the two. You know, when we cut back to the the, the real life audience watching the show, there are those two like security card guys. Um, oh my god, one oh, of them yeah. was uh, Hitchcock from, yeah, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. yep. 
and uh, they're they're about to like make out or she, you know, Laura Linney says something to him in a, kind of a sexual innuendo, and then they cut to these guys, and he's like, "You never see anything, man. Like the wind just blows, and then the camera pans, but they never show anything." <laughs> so that <laughs> so was kind of my assumption that. Yeah, they're 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 uh, having a marital intercourse, Joe. Guys, what if Truman was an asshole? Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, what a gamble! About this asshole. <laughs> what, what a gamble! Like, it's a good point. What if? What if Truman ended up becoming like a a, a mass murderer? Like, he could would very they have well. stopped the show. They should do that where there's like a bad Truman. There's like a bad yeah. Truman show because they talk about how like whenever he would start trying to get ambitious or want to go away, they would just would take dispel away. all that stuff. He's like, I want to be a great explorer. Well, I mean, there's really nothing for you to find. <laughs> I love that. She pulls down the map like, well, everything's already been discovered. See, now that's that's in season two of Lindelof's The Truman Show. Where we, there you go. There's a dark Truman. Dark Truman. Yeah. He'd be the enemy. <laughs> the enemy of regular Truman. Nega, Nega Truman. Nega oh, my Truman. God. Or oh, Falseman. Uh, Falseman. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speaking of Darkman, uh, how about that bus driver that we talked about in last week's episode, right? Was I not wrong? Yeah. Did he not give a, a great performance? Oh, it's an A1 performance. His one a, line. It was a it was great so performance. And then it, I, oh. I just drive the bus. <laughs> that was so but, hilarious. But it is touching, like, the look he gives Truman after, like, the whole bus. You know, he does that thing where he's he's got to make the bus break down because they let, can't let Truman get away. Truman's in the back uh, of the bus. Bus is filled with people. Uh, he's trying yeah. to make his escape, and, and of oh, course the producers just, of the TV show are thwarting it every time. You always I was always under the impression that he didn't know how to drive the bus. <laughs> he, he, he didn't know how to drive the bus. <laughs> so they just got I mean, he didn't know how to drive a boat. Is what we but, but he had to uh, say it was out of service, uh, so basically lie. <laughs> And uh, as he's so getting off funny. the bus, after everybody else has exited and Truman's there sitting there, of course, knowing what just happened, and he, that look he yeah, gives, he's just like, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. There are, so Truman. There, are, there are three moments in this movie that I think highlight what Jim Carrey does best. Oh. Uh, so the first moment is when, uh, when he's starting to kind of he's, – he's starting to kind of get – the paranoia is starting to kick in. And he goes into like the the office building, and he sees what's going on in the the elevator where the extras are just hanging out, Ooh. and they, they didn't oh, have yeah. brought up. Uh, there, there's a really great way that he's playing it there when he gets Laura Linney in the car, and they're driving yes. around trying to like escape. I think that yeah. is fantastic. Kind of going insane. And the scene with him and Marlon when they're having the drinks and he's yes. talking like, and it's about the most dramatic we'd ever seen him work. Jim Carrey is turning in like the performance of his life in this movie. He's doing such good work. Uh, yeah. And and I've definitely come around on on him as an actor since the last time I saw this awesome. movie. Uh, I really, I enjoy the concept of this film. I enjoy most of the execution of this movie. <laughs> uh, but I think that, I think, of, I think Jim Carrey is 100% carrying this thing. And mm -hmm. I think that he's doing mm -hmm. a fantastic job. If anything, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more development. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, we we spend so much time seeing him being scared of the water because of what happened with his dad. Sure. And then the next time when he's finally on the water, he's on a boat and he looks like he's so confident sailing a boat. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, look, man, you'd still be a little you, scared. Even when you realize you've been manipulated your mm -hmm. whole life, yeah, that, that mm -hmm. fear, you can't just like, it doesn't just go yeah, away. It's hardwired. Exactly. Uh, so 
I would have liked to have seen that a little bit more. Right. I would have liked to have seen them play with levels a little bit more. Like at the end when he's having his talk with uh, with Ed Harris, and I think for the most part it's really good, but the way he delivers that last line, I would have directed differently. Where he I says, have, uh, I, good afternoon, good evening, and good night? Yeah. Oh, man, I, think I, he, I thought that was so pitch perfect, was, and it gives me chills every time I see it. What, what, what's your, what's your that, gripe? I don't know. I think that it's a little too upbeat. Uh, well, he's giving his that, final performance. He even bows yeah, after true. he does it. No, I know, but I think it's too upbeat. I, I don't think it's playing to hmm. the actual gravity of the situation. He hmm. He's about to – everything he knows is a lie, and he's about to step out that door and find the truth. And, like, who knows what's on the other side? He seems a little too cheery in that situation. It's kind of like especially, a big F you, though. Especially yeah. in the wake of the discussion that he's had with Ed Harris, I just would have I would have directed it a little bit more, um, not somber, but I think measured. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, be, and just because because he's delivered it that way the entire film, mm-hmm. so to see him deliver it a different way, I think would have spoke volumes to the character. It was a little different. It had a little more gravitas yeah. to it, but he and he did it with a smile. But uh, I thought that was a big middle finger to Ed Harris yeah, the way he delivers I it. Felt like, I felt like it was a good way of, I, it was their way of like bringing it all the way back around to like the beginning mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, the first time you see Truman, he's doing that. And then to end it off like, all right, well, this is still the Truman show and we're signing no, off. No, I don't mind him saying the words. To me, it's just the way he's saying it. All right. Uh, I think the bookend, the bookending it with the, that dialogue, is fantastic. It's perfect, but the way he's saying it right. uh, again, I probably, I, I probably would have done that differently. I, and I could have seen it working that way too. But uh, this one worked for me as well. Yeah. I, question, question though, for both of you guys. Answer. Though. So since you were, you were Fuck saying that. this is what <laughs> question. <laughs> no, since you were saying this is like the this was like the first dramatic role that like we've seen that you guys have seen him mm-hmm. in at that time. Well, apparently, like I was looking at the timeline. Oh yeah, cable cable guy came out in '96, <laughs> right before this. Yeah. And that's definitely a ear. From what I remember of that movie, it's definitely one of those movies I need to go rewatch because it's I a don't dark remember. comedy. It's yeah, definitely it's like, a dark comedy. It's some dark, like because he's he's uh, stalking yes. um, Matthew Broderick, Matthew yeah. Broderick throughout the movie, base. And it's re- I remember him being very crazy in this movie. Oh yeah, and you know, that, that's pretty dramatic. That, that movie was written for Chris Farley. Oh no! Really? Yeah, oh, the Cable Guy was. That would a completely different movie. Yeah, yeah, that would have been yeah. a completely different movie. No, oh. Chris Farley. Was that a Ben? Was that Ben Stiller? It sure did was. Ben Stiller direct that? Yeah, sure I remember. Really? They, they had like interstitials yep. throughout that movie where like they kept doing updates uh, that were based on like the Melendez brothers. Oh, uh, that's right. And, and it was Ben Stiller. It was Ben. It was Ben Stiller throughout Zoolander's the film. Zoolander's Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah, that's Get right. Oh, yeah, man. God. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, that's there weird. you go. Oh, man. Cable Guy had some funny parts. It got it got dark, but it was it had oh, some it really got real dark. But yeah, even yeah. The, it was not even a like this Truman Show. I would call like a pretty much a straight dr- dramedy with some mm-hmm. bits of like Jim Carrey comedy. Cable uh-huh. Guy is more like uh, Jim Carrey comedy with some bits of dramedy. Uh, sure, sprinkled oh, okay. throughout. And um, I mean, so you guys and you guys had seen Cable Guy before the Truman Show, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, yeah. like, so yeah, so I'm like, I'm just wondering like how. His performance in this was different from that. Okay, but okay, that makes. Jim, I'll, I'll tell you what. Like he, his performance in this movie is, 
at this point, Jim Carrey wasn't playing like diverse characters. He was playing right. Jim Carrey, of course, he was being Jim Carrey in this role. Yes. Like mm-hmm. even Tr- Truman is basically, you know, just a normal Ace Ventura or whatever his character was yeah. from Liar Liar. Oh. Um, but but there was, I think it was to play the scenario mm-hmm. to to react honestly to what was going on around him mm-hmm. was different for him. Like like it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't laces out and like, you know, having sex with Sean Young, finding out she's a guy <laughs> and taking taking the Silkwood shower and stuff like uh, uh, he, he wasn't a cartoon character like uh, Ace Ventura was. Right. Uh, but you know what? I think uh, the way Jim Carrey plays it with a, a little bit of Jim Carrey sprinkled in where he's kind of doing his rubbery faces. He's kind of being dork. He's a dork, right? For the uh-huh, most part. Yeah. <laughs> but but, it, but it, a more realistic dork in this film than in other films. I think it kind of works in this world because think about it if this kid has been like a a, a superstar uh, unbeknownst to him so he doesn't really have the big head but he's getting the positive reinforcement from everybody around him like what yeah. kid's gonna like bully the star of the truman show when there's a sixth grade you know the parents are gonna fucking hey you're gonna, you're gonna lose your role if you uh bully exactly. truman yeah. so be nice to him so that was that was something i wanted to see them. i'm sorry joel no that was something see, I wanted to well that's see in season play. three of uh, Lindelof's <laughs> Truman Show, where we get into the kids I, and how the casting process I, works. I would have loved to have seen extras trying yeah. to step up as like bigger characters. <laughs> oh, that would have been great! Yes, yeah. trying to steal yeah, the like, spotlight. You know that would have happened. Of course, yeah, exactly. You know, ooh, if we can get in there, I could try to try to get a bigger. If I could become friends with That's Truman, <laughs> I could become a bigger character in the show. Like, I would have liked to have seen that. Like, to redo this. Like, yeah. I would like to yeah. see that element to it because you know that's in there. Um, yeah, like we were saying, the the premise, though, much like, you know, The Matrix, we compared it to earlier, when you really kind of start to examine it and poke holes in it, it's a house of cards. You know, it all kind of falls apart. Um, and, and I think this premise knows that. Like you said, you know, they mentioned in the uh, the little behind the scenes, they're like, oh, he's the first baby that was adopted by a corporation. Like, that sounds so yeah. ridiculous and over the top. Yeah. Like, <laughs> one would hope that that would never be allowed to happen. So exactly. already in this world... You know, and it's hard to believe, like, this has been going on for 37 years, and just now it's getting to the point where, you know, people are making a stink about it. And, you know, Natasha uh-huh. McElhorn, you know, has finally got her shit together after uh, sitting on her thumbs for 20 years, presumably, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I thought that the, like, cutting away to people in the real world watching the show was was a great way to give us like, you know, kind of exposition on characters yeah. uh, to give us kind of an update on like, okay, so that's who this person was like, oh, um, yes. you know, they, they got rid of her, but they can't get rid of his memories. Yeah. Those two oh, waitresses talking. talking about? Yeah. I thought it was, I thought that was great. That was a really effective <laughs> way to give us the backstory. And she's like, I, she, sorry, I, she, did, she, I did the way that they did the uh, like flashbacks, but it made me question like, Okay, so are the flashbacks planned? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do they, how do, mm. they do like it, the way that they they manipulate the music? Does does Truman hear the music, or is that something that's being produced? You know, in for, real for time. TV? Yeah, I think you know, it's those... like the news, man. Like they have these packages, these these pieces of video, like on call, mm. and uh, when they see him in a situation, like cue it up. Like I remember hearing, um, you know, from a friend who works in news station, they. Uh, when somebody's going to die, like a celebrity or something that they see is coming, like they'll yeah. spend, you know, days like kind of writing the script. Here's his obituary, all that shit produced so that when, you know, Clint Eastwood dies at the age of whatever, 
They've got that. Probably, roll that there's beautiful. There's probably a montage already. There's probably a oh, montage. They just keep they just keep adding material or taking material off. <laughs> exactly. Paul Giamatti yeah. is just going to cue it up. <laughs> Dude, Paul Giamatti. Not a bad role for Paul Dude, Giamatti. He's great. One of his first roles. Yeah. Not not bad. I love um, the control he, of the, the thing, conscience. The thing that I liked about that was he wasn't he wasn't going full Giamatti in this movie. He was very, he was very measured, very subdued, and it worked for the performance. There's only like one moment near the end where I could almost hear your voice impersonating him <laughs> when uh, Ed Harris is telling him to uh, to crank the wind up, and he's like, "I won't do it, I won't do it." <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's going to drown, and he doesn't even care. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, once again, with feeling. Yeah. Um, no. So it, it's 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 fun. It's fun. I. I <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot to say. It's, well, I have some things to say. Then. It's, it's not bad. It's great. Go on. Great. It's a masterpiece. Talk about your stuff. Well, one, of the things, you say. one of the things we haven't talked a lot about yet is, uh, you know, we talk about the story and the acting, but the cinematography, the way it's shot. Um, you know, earlier you were saying, oh, you know, it, what if we didn't know it was a TV show? But then you don't get the chance to see all the kind of hidden camera placements that they do. I love the way that it's shot. Like, didn't notice that the first time I saw yeah? this movie in the theater. Oh man, I never picked up on where all. I mean, and the set design, like yes. they meticulously have placed like cameras Cam- everywhere, everywhere they, that bro. the audience. If you're looking for it, you can see them. Mm-hmm. Like I never the dude with the tr- that's got the camera. On the guy, it. the guy with the what? The trash can. Oh, yes, the neighbor who always has to have he's it like always, pointed at him. He's always holding it. Oh, he's always holding it high up at an angle. Yes. <laughs> the oh, long cam. Although you know something we noticed uh, upon reviewing, like when Truman finally breaks out at the end. Spoiler alert! And he goes in through the lawn, and when Marlin kind of discovers his Shawshank Redemption hole at the end, and like follows yeah. it out into the lawn. There's a lawn cam there. Ed Harris is even like, you know, cut to the lawn cam. And that's when Marlon looks into the camera and he's like, he's gone. But wouldn't that camera have <laughs> been on him. and seen him escape from the same hole? It saw him escape. Mm-hmm. That's where I think, like you said earlier, if you start thinking about it, you start, like, yeah. there's, there, there are holes. And, you know, you, you, it'll, it'll topple like a house of cards if you think too hard about it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that, surprisingly, I was able to suspend disbelief for was, like, the camera thing. Because if I want to think hard about it, I'd be like, well, yeah, wouldn't these cameras all have motion sensors? You know, you're That's living true. in this high-tech age. Yeah, my they ring doorbell does. At the time. For exactly. 37 years, <laughs> you've been watching this guy. <laughs> Would you guys be able to watch a show for 37 years? Not at all. No, this Not seems uh, implausible. But, I mean, like, the, some of the shit that I've watched and fall asleep to, like, I love that one guy in the real world who's, like, just a loner in his bathtub just watching TV <laughs> oh my with his rubber guy. ducky. And uh, he's just that... totally just... And Ed Harris even mentions at one point when he's being interviewed, he says, you know, some people find him comforting. They just leave him on all night. And I find myself doing that with, like, Twitch. Like, last night I was falling asleep to, like, retro video games because it reminds me of my childhood because I have positive feelings towards it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's no more or less entertaining than uh, watching Jim Carrey 24-7. Yeah, I but I don't know if I could watch a guy sell insurance for thirty-seven years. <laughs> yes. You know, that's 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 what Truman was. His life, the things that he was doing, like that's why I couldn't believe that there were that many people that were tuning in to watch his life just happen. But I guess the idea of the fact that he does it, that everyone else in the world knows he's on a show, but him, I guess that might be the lore 
of so many people. The kind of voyeuristic yeah. uh, impulse. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could. <laughs> and of course, the first thing I think of, you know, uh, when I'm seeing this is like, how long have you been watching me? Like, I had some uh, <laughs> some moments there during puberty that uh, I'm. I hope uh, hope you guys didn't get well, that on camera. That's what I'm saying. Like oh, you know, that. <laughs> like like just what if. What if Truman ended up being an asshole? Or what if he had like some weird violent tendencies? Or like, yeah, like had some of that. Like, like to 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 have that to have the whole world know. Yeah, like some of these things. Like, you know, there are things that we do in the privacy of our own homes that we don't want people to see. Masturbate and to. (laughs) Well, thanks. Yeah. I thought maybe to, to keep talking. I, I thought you maybe I had been keep... subtle enough. <laughs> no, man, you're supposed to keep talking. <laughs> but yeah, it's Why, like does, uh... that, does that help you if I keep talking? <laughs> yeah. Keep talking. yeah. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> but yeah, to think if uh, if he turned out a little darker, uh, you'd uh, swap out Ed Harris for uh, Chris Hansen as the host. <laughs> the Truman Show gets a very dark oh, turn. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you have a little sweet tea? Exactly. Yeah. Would you like some sweet tea? <laughs> uh, uh, man, I'm surprised they haven't done more. Like they're, they're, they they haven't like sequelized this somehow. Yeah, or... I, that's yeah. exactly well, what I was thinking. Waiting too. Because it's like you don't know what happens. It's like you it's, got the girl running well, out after him. Again, that comes back. That goes back to like classic, like literary devices and classic Bradbury. Like, no, you don't know what happens because that's yeah. not what's important. And and that's honestly, uh, I guess, and, and I'm kind of skipping ahead and I'm showing my hand early. The strength of this film is that it does realize that it's about the individual. It's his story. It's not about this world. Mm. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Like if he does, does Truman find Lauren again in the outside world? Presumably, does, you know what's going on. It doesn't matter. And I think they wrap it up so precisely, succinctly, and yeah. perfectly when he leaves, and then we cut back to Hitchcock yes. <laughs> and Sully, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh wow!" And then they go. Well, what else is on? Well, Where's the TV yep, guy? Like, yep, perfect. Because, because to them, because to the consumer, to the to the watch, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's not real to them. It's just another show. Let's move on. You know, let's go on. To, mm-hmm. what, what are we going to consume next? Uh, and the fact that like that's their reaction to somebody who's made the most profound journey and decision of their lives. Yep. And like that's the way that they've processed it is. I mean, yeah. it's really telling, and I think that's yep. the, the powerful message that you ultimately yes. get from the film. Yeah, definitely the the mirror that it's shining on the audience is is not a pretty one. It's, it's a black mirror, yeah. one might say. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's oh. like all great satire. That's right. This is the I second think... time I've seen it. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, really? At in your life? Yep. Oh, I've seen this dozens of times, man. Same, man. Well, that explains how passionate you are of this. <laughs> yeah. It. It's funny. I was like, the one note I did make was after like, was after that. I guess they was it a flashback where he first met. I get where he first met Lauren or whatever yeah. like that. Where he's where he's talking to. Her, he's like oh, he sees her in school. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah so, she's like a cheerleader practice or whatever. He's- yeah, and then so he goes, but I think they're in the library or something like that. And he goes over to her to talk to her. He's like, hey, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, you worried about that girl? No, like we're not. We're just friends. We're not together. And, she, <laughs> and she's trying. And she's trying to tell him, she's trying to basically tell him, like, no, like, 
we can't do this. Like, I can't talk to you. But mm. she's trying to let him know, like, why he can and everything like that. And the, the only note that I made was because she was like, well, I mean, if we don't go right now, we won't be able to do this. It'll never and happen. His, and his face, his face when he <laughs> looks at her, all I, all I could think if I was him was just, yeah, man, fuck finals. He, <laughs> because he had just been like, he had just been like, but we have finals tomorrow. And then she says that, and I'm just like, yeah, bro, like, go, <laughs> live, go live your life, Truman. Live your life, Truman. This is what you're here for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, that is really sweet, though, that whole side story. And, and it kind of goes along with the theme, one of the underlying themes of, uh, you know, control and uh, how ultimately – um, much like the Matrix, I keep comparing this to the Matrix. But uh, when when a world is, is seems too perfect uh, and everything is going too right, humans we we naturally like start to suspect that stuff and we push yeah. back against it. And we're always kind of yeah. looking for was, uh, the underlying truths. And it, but it was cool. It was cool to see the that happened. Like starting with the light that fell, and then like you know the 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 radio frequency where he suddenly starts hearing like the PA yes. mics How all over is the that? radio. And they're like, he's yeah. turning right onto uh, Brighton Avenue or whatever. And you see the street name. <laughs> he's... Yes. <laughs> and I, I think that's probably what resonated with me uh, the most when I saw it initially that uh, yes, there are people who want to be on reality TV shows, right? There ever since uh, the real world, um, narcissists yeah. across the world are, are volunteering to be on TV, thinking that there's somehow ordinary life is is special enough that other people want to see it. I'm kind of the opposite. I feel so ordinary and non-special that I don't know why anyone would want to watch me. And so yeah. there's there's a part of me that finds this movie kind of like terrifying. Um, yes. And there's specifically a, an, an image. There's a lot of great imagery in this film that sticks with me. Uh, him taking the, uh, the the ripping out the model pictures of the catalogs and trying to piece together trying to recreate Natasha and her face. Uh, oh, it's so yeah. haunting. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, but but yeah. there's one shot that even when I saw it again, it, it kind of weirdly gave me chills. And it's when uh, he's he's already broken out. He's on the loose, right? The they've they've made the sun rise prematurely. The entire town's occupants are looking for Truman. Um, you know, they got the dogs out, the, the, the friendly Doberman <laughs> yeah. pincher, the neighbor. It yeah. Turns out, no, it was a trained attack dog meant to uh, have <laughs> Truman sent at all away. times. Exactly. Um, and uh, Paul Giamatti is uh, you know up in the control booth, and he's like, all right, is everybody in A position? We're all at A position, right? And they cut to... Uh, everybody just standing still on the street. Everybody's standing still in this long pan shot. And um, for some reason, I find that somewhat poetic but also just frightening the idea that there's this that your world around you um is is manufactured and everybody is in on it except for you like that's the that that's my nightmare you know yeah i guess my nightmare is something that's it's very real and it, i think they even call it like a, like a truman show syndrome yes where it's a thing it's now people people who believe that the world just kind of revolves around them uh, and mm. and you see a lot of it, like in like social media, the way that people behave. Um, yeah, Trump. Well, yeah, not just Trump, <laughs> though, but also like to a lesser degree, a lot of like. I think the best example is like when someone goes out, and like someone goes and votes, and then they go back and they they post on social media, and they're like, "Guys, get out there and vote. go do this." Or it's, it, it's that that whole idea that you're assuming that nobody else is having the same thought that you're having, yeah. that people are taking their social cues from you, that you are the center of this universe. It, yeah. it's, it, it's, it reeks of, 
you know, this whole idea that you believe, like someone saw the Truman Show and thought, well, maybe that's my life. Maybe people yeah. are following me. Maybe there's a TV show about me going on. And uh, and it's it's to me that's what's that's what's eerie. That's what's chilling because there are definitely people out there. There are people you interact with that are like that, uh, and that's that's crazy. You ever had that thought, Joe? No. You ever think that like. Oh, or, or or Tess, that uh, oh, the world. I think sometimes things line up a little too nicely, and you're like, "That seems planned," and not in a I divine think, intervention sort of way. I think Sarah would agree that I am I am a firm believer that if there's a God, he he definitely likes to fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> like like the, the, the whole Murphy's Law that yeah. if, if something can, it, it will go, go wrong. wrong mm-hmm. You know, like in mm-hmm. in like with uh like with my 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 test. For uh, for oh, COVID. Covered COVID test and the mm-hmm. fact that like uh. my whole office gets tested for COVID, everybody gets their results within seven days except me. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's just so my You're luck. You're Truman. Yeah, I'm Falseman. Falseman, that's who you are. No, no, I know what you mean, Joe. It's kind of like I won't say God fucks with me, but I'm definitely one. Of, I'm definitely one of the most unlucky lucky person persons ever <laughs> like it's like my luck is just 50 50 it's kind of you never i never know where it's gonna land some days but see i'm like i think it might be it might be planned by god to where he's like oh tess you think you're doing good right now but just <laughs> wait just wait just you wait just you wait yeah. cool uh so would you recommend the truman show yes yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to let you go first because I don't want to just blather on again. Like I feel like I've been doing the entire episode. No, no this is this is definitely this, this is, is your pick. And it's your pick too, so you should be. No, so I would definitely recommend this movie. All right. Absolutely recommend this movie. You know, even though I it doesn't stick the landing as hard as I wish it would, I still really, especially the second time around, yeah. really appreciate what they were doing from a film standpoint, from a story standpoint. Uh, I think that this this is the kind of this is the kind, like I said, this is the kind of sci-fi. This is the kind of Bradbury mm-hmm. sci-fi, like that we don't get in mainstream movies anymore. Mm-hmm. We get it in stuff like Black Mirror, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. But we definitely still get this kind of stuff on TV. But for like, you know that that film style. Yeah, I can't remember the last the last film that I thought echoed Ray Bradbury's voice. You know, like hmm. this kind of thing. Uh, I'd say it's the and, Jordan Peele films. Get yeah, out in us. I still haven't seen Us, but you're what? right. Get Dude, Out Us is, is, us is even better us. than Get Out. Is it really? Uh, it's my favorite. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but but this yeah, one was this one was fun to go back to. It was fun to revisit. Uh, sure, I've got my my criticisms of it, but overall, like I I it was it was a quick hour and a half, and yeah. I wanted it to go. I wanted it to run longer. That's the best yeah. you can say about a film. Best compliment you can yeah. give. Or what did the Truman Show do right? Uh, what did it, I mean, uh, it's just, um, just satire at its finest, you know, just, uh, mm-hmm. really had a message, had this built out world, had everything thought, all the questions an audience would ask at any given point throughout the script, it's there ready with an answer, but it's still kind of leaving those mysteries there. And then by the time you figure everything out, you're so invested in the characters, like you really fucking rooting for this guy. It's just, it's a feel good movie. It's a thinker. It's got something to say. It's got great yeah. performances. Like it's everything you want in a film. Mm-hmm. Tess? For me, it was Jim Carrey. Yeah. Because 
with how good the movie was and for the movie to be about one person or at least about you know the premise being how they follow one person mm-hmm. and to see him go through the different like stages of you know just being completely oblivious to what's going on then to being a little suspicious then to full out knowing yeah and just seeing how he took us through that entire journey it's amazing all right yeah. well said. yeah uh i uh i have to agree with you i think the th- what this movie did right was to to take that gamble on jim carrey uh for someone who wasn't proven as a dramatic actor yet and for someone to make that to make that call and take that chance i think it pays off in spades uh it's it's so refreshing seeing him play this role for someone who's who's definitely had um <laughs> who's who's suffered some jim carrey fatigue in his life oh yeah uh like watching this movie it's nice to go back to a film and i feel that way about a lot of actors it's nice to go back and see the films that's like that that is the reason why they just like shot to superstardom as fast as they did and Uh, and and this is definitely one of those films uh what did what did the movie do wrong uh you know it's funny you guys point out jim carrey i'm gonna say jim carrey's what the movie did wrong with the caveat that I can't find anything else wrong with this film, so I'm only going to pick on the few moments where I feel like Jim Carrey was allowed to be Jim Carrey a little too much. Uh, there's yeah. a couple sprinkled throughout. Uh, I think we talked about it earlier. It, it kind of fits in this world, kind of fits in this character who's been coddled. He'd be a little dorky. He'd be this this type of person, but there's a couple of moments. There, there's one where like a, Jim Carrey's gardening. And he's wearing these bright red shorts, and his ass is like in front oh. of the camera. That <laughs> felt like something out of Ace Ventura instead of this movie. Like that, that didn't really like serve a purpose for me in this film. I didn't feel like it. I, I get the idea like Jim Carrey was like, "Hey, why don't I do one like this?" And, yeah, uh, he probably yeah. did that. That may have been where he and the director a lot were. Of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel there like was maybe a lot of it. you read the uh, read the notes on this movie. There was so much stuff that he improvised. Mm-hmm. I'm all for the improv, and usually his improvs work. There's a moment when when he's um, he's there's that moment he has midway through the film where he's kind of starting to figure things out, and he does his uh, Chris Pratt from Jurassic World holding his hands out <laughs> to the yeah. bus like, instead of Velociraptors, they're just cars and people that they're are cars. stopping with his hand. Yeah. Um, but as he's figuring out, he does this one thing where he like takes his suitcase and he just hits this guy in the back and runs off. <laughs> oh yeah, the dude who's on the ladder. Yeah, that's exactly he's, what it is. That felt like a ladder. very Jim Carrey improv. And I'm I'm for that, but maybe against some of the more uh sure. plastic faced stuff. Rubber face. There you go. Okay, rubber. Uh, what well, what did you uh what do you think, Tess? Um for me it's it's like the logic the logic holes yeah. in the movie. Like things like how I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that a show like this would be going on for 37 years and that the character would never really re- – he sure. wouldn't recognize until that point. Until Basically, he had to be told that something was up <laughs> for, him to, for him to really know that there was anything going hey, on. That's a really good show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But, I mean, <laughs> but things like that and like also like how you said, Joe, like, yeah, he figured out about it being fake and then it went to, all right, the next scene – He's back to being Truman, walking around, rocking around the neighborhood like everything is okay. And then the next thing we see, there's a fake body where he's supposed to be sleeping, and he's and no one knows where he's because he's been playing a character. Yeah. He knows the character he's supposed to play, and he he uses that. 
Yeah, but it it also suggests that he knows where all the cameras are. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. I think it does. And, I, like I said, I think by the beginning of this movie, he's already figured it out, and he's already. But as done the some viewers, we're not seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing him find them, we and I think that's a little bit of a cheat. It's just yeah. from for, from an audience standpoint, it feels like a little bit of a cheat. Um, what I yeah. felt like this movie did wrong, though, is. Even though I think he's a maniac, having <laughs> Ed Harris as like your, for all intents and purposes, your antagonist, mm-hmm. and he doesn't show up until fifty-seven minutes into the movie. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, like he's and he's acting his ass yeah, off throughout this. Oh yeah, like it's from, amazing. From the yeah. moment. From from the word go, like the moment you first see him, which unfortunately is an hour into the movie, <laughs> he's only in this movie for like a half hour, and he's yeah. so good. What an impact. He they they really should have leaned on him a little bit more. But I get it, you know, for the sake of the story, uh, especially you know for people like Tess who didn't who were not you know aware of the ad campaign when the movie came out mm-hmm. that we already knew we already knew it was him in a TV show. But for people like Tess who are seeing it for the first time, fresh eyes, I guess that works better. But, man, you've got this dude. Use him. Use yeah. <laughs> him. Uh, By the way, you mentioned right, so that. I'm looking at the uh, the poster for The Truman Show, and it's uh, a shot of Jim Carrey asleep like on a big jumbotron in the, in the middle of Times Square. So yeah. uh, you get the idea from the poster pretty much what the, what the movie's about. <laughs> yes. So if we were going to remake The Truman Show today, how would we do that? hey I've recast, uh, taken the cast from another film and put them here. I uh, didn't mean to do that, but they started to fall in place, and I was like, God damn it, I can do this. So I did. Go ahead. Yeah, cool. Did you do the same? No, I did not, but I got seven people. Oh, one, two, three, four, five. I have seven as well. I think I have eight or nine. Did you guys do the parents? Truman's parents? Uh, no, I did. All right. Uh, for the For the dad, I went with Steve Carell. Oh, nice. That's I like good. that. And That's for the really mother, good. I went with Tina Fey. That's Ooh, good. I like that as well. I'm not sure whether I should tell you my uh, uh, theme or whether I should let you figure it out. We'll try we'll to just, figure it out. Yeah, we'll try to figure it out. Right, I'll try, like to, figure try to figure it out. All right, so for Truman's dad, I went with John Slattery. Is the guy's name from Mad Men. Uh, and uh, Truman's mom is going to be Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer? What about oh. the Michelle Pfeiffer's Cat woman. Oh, Pfeiffer's though. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Who do we got yeah. next? Uh, you'll do Paul Giamatti? Yeah, did you guys do them? I did both of the control room directors. Oh, I, I just did, did I just I did, did Paul Giamatti. Okay, well, I'll I'll give you mine. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't have a theme, but these two are a package deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, my control room directors played by Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins oh. playing the same characters they played in <laughs> Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that's perfect, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? I got a Paul Giamatti and I'll pull an audible on the other guy. Uh, how about uh, Bobby Cannavale and Michael Peña Love it. as the oh, two I control like room people? Oh, okay. Nice. Well, you know what? I will so he went it. with Ant Man. Yes, I, I did. I yes, sir. John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. No. <laughs> I like that. Great. That's good. That's so good. Just bumbling around up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who do you have next? I got Natasha McElhorn, the girlfriend, oh, is the love the interest. Lauren character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Who do you have? I went with Evangeline Lilly. That's really good, of Tess. Course. I went with Margot Robbie. Oh, nice. Dude, seriously? Yeah, man. I went with Margot Robbie as Did well. Really nice. Oh, yes, nice. That's was really it the face? Yeah. I, it was the eyes. The eyes. It was yeah. the eyes. Mm-hmm. She's I I and that that act that actress she's um in Californication. 
That's where she. I don't uh, know if either of you have ever seen that show, but she's beautiful in that show as well. So as soon as I saw yeah. her, in this, I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah, I totally went with Margot Robbie. Yeah, nice. that's good. Uh, all right. So next, do you want to go with uh, Marlon? Uh, let's do Marlon. Yeah, the friend yeah. played by Noah the, uh, Emmerich. The, Noah Emmerich. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with Bradley Cooper in that role. Ooh, I, ooh, interesting. I like that. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> keeping something underneath the uh, well, the vest. He's he's. I think that Bradley Cooper would definitely be able to play the levels of like um, the insincerity yes. of the sincere moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's why I went. Hey, there. did you guys think uh, Marlon and uh, Laura Linney's character were having an affair? I yeah. did. Yep. Definitely, Jenna. I, thought, I never thought that before. And then Jenna uh, pointed out, like when when you know uh, Jim Carrey's getting a little crazy with her, and she's like, uh-huh. "Help me!" And he's like, "Who are you talking to?" And Marlon shows up with this fucking six pack. The way she like yeah. runs to his arms, and she's like, "I can't uh-huh. work under these conditions." She was like, "I almost, I I didn't even think affair. I thought they were actually a couple." Yeah, and that's why yeah. like they worked together, and she was married. Like she was Truman's yeah. wife, I think, in no small part because she was actually with the Noah Emmerich. Character. I like that idea too, and that would kind of uh, let me explain me a little disdain that uh, Marlon has. has for for Truman. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Well, I went with uh, Carrie Stoll is the direct uh, the uh, actor's name. He's the bald villain from uh, Ant Man. From Ant Man, that's mm-hmm. good. Duplicitous. I went with Michael Rappaport. That dude fucking <laughs> looks like Michael Rappaport, doesn't he? And that's, that's, exactly, good. that's exactly why I went with that role, and I just figured <laughs> I love that. Nice. That's so good. Yep. Okay, who do you have for the, the Laura Linney character? Uh, I went with Judy Greer. She plays the Judy Greer. ex-wife in Ant-Man. Gotcha. I, I, went, uh, I went with Linda Cardellini. Oh, nice. Love her. I went with Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Right. Dude, that's fantastic. Cool, cool. I could see her doing the uh, the ads, <laughs> the fake ads. Yeah. Let's uh, get one of those right, new lawnmowers. So... <laughs> <laughs> that be really good. So for my, my Christoph, I went with uh, – because Ed Harris mm-hmm. – I mean, I, I never I never miss an opportunity to talk about how psychotic Ed Harris is. <laughs> uh, He's he's even though I love some of his work, we talked about oh, the movie yeah. Night Riders, and I thought he was so good in that. Dude, movie. you got to watch he's, Westworld. He's fantastic in Westworld. He's a good actor, but he's nuts. He's a oh, crazy yeah. man, mm-hmm. uh, and I think somebody who kind of shares a little bit of that crazy is Viggo Mortensen. I yes. would have liked to have seen him play this role. Ooh, I like that a lot too. Very good. Tess? Well, for that role, I went with, and this is strictly just because I watched Space Force, John. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. You were a John Wayne. It turns out you're a Wayne John. Who? <laughs> Wayne, Wayne John. John. Wayne John. He stole pencils. My pencils. <laughs> I love it. Joel, I know you haven't gotten nope. that far in the no show. Idea. And I will man. not. John Malkovich. Is just <laughs> you got to, Joel. John Malkovich is a treasure in that show. He's so He's good. always been great. It's a whole movie uh, called Being John Mel. Oh, dude, we should do that oh, on the yeah, podcast oh, someday. Um, we should. That is that's a funny movie too. Coming up yeah. soon on the editing bay. Well, cool. I went with. Well, who do you think uh, I went with for Ed Harris? Well, Michael oh, Douglas, of course, Michael Douglas. Yeah. Which means your Truman would be Paul Rudd. You got it, man. Can you? Oh, isn't that perfect? Like Jenna came up with that first, and then from there we were like, okay, well, who could we pair him up with? Well, what movies have? Uh, what other movies have paired him up? And then we saw Evangeline Lilly, and it just all fell into place from there. But yeah, fucking Paul yeah. Rudd just being goofy but sincere and lovable and fallible. Mm. And uh, yeah, man, like perfect that. recast. I like yeah. it. I, I like uh, it. 
Tess mentioned him earlier uh, in his recast. Uh, John C. Riley as my Truman. Oh, I love that too. For <laughs> yeah. all the same reasons. Yeah. <laughs> just just because, <laughs> dude. Just to, like just to, to imagine John C. Riley playing that paranoia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that's he'd great. Look like his, he'd look like his character from The Lobster when he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the hair all sticking up. When he got, when he got caught for masturbating, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which would happen in the Truman Show as well. It would, happen, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, motherfucker's gonna get tight gas. Right. Got to be careful. But for my Truman, and I'm I'm actually very proud of this one. I went with none other than Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that. that's great too. That's good. I like that too. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is a good choice. Well, that's a tough one. Uh, Directors, anybody? Uh, no, I didn't do a director. I went with uh, Christopher I Nolan. I went with Judd Oh, you know what? You know, for the sake of having one, I went with Adam McKay. Let's uh, let's just <laughs> hey, let him do it. Nice. Uh, all right. If you have any thoughts about the thoughts about uh, our recasting, if you would recast it a different way, go ahead and let us know. Go to facebook.com slash editing bay uh, and then uh, and or <laughs> how does this go again? <laughs> I don't know. Cut this part out, Joel. Okay. Uh, and then uh, in the search bar, you could type in the editing bay, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, click on that and that's where you talk back to us. Let us know what you thought about the Truman Show uh, and uh, <laughs> if you have any movies for us to, to consider watching in the future, go ahead and put them there. We'll add them to the list. We've also got a website, right? We sure do. It's not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. It's editingbay.com. Please go there and bookmark it. Anytime you need to know a little something about our little podcast, you're going to find it right there on editingbay.com. We've got links to our social networks, the aforementioned Facebook page, as well as our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Please follow us there. You can also subscribe right from the website. Got a little links there for Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I think we have Spotify link there. If not, I'll add one. Uh, I'll add it on <laughs> editingbay.com. Uh, leave us a rating and a review, please, on your podcasting app. Uh, Five-star rating would be great. And uh, and then a review. Leave a little review what you like about the show. Even if there's stuff that you think we can improve on, make it five stars. Five-star criticism is great because you know what? If you leave less than five stars, you, what you are, you're just you're, – you're, you're a phony. You're a phony in your own life. <laughs> and – uh, you're just part of somebody else's bigger story, mm-hmm. and don't you want to be? Don't you want to be an individual? Yeah. Don't you want to break out? Don't you want to be your own person? Mm-hmm. Be your own person by doing what I'm telling you to do, and <laughs> give us a five star <laughs> review. Yeah, uh, yeah and, uh, and that's it. So, uh, so next week mm. uh, is my pick. Your turn, and man, yeah, this is good stuff because we just keep celebrities are dropping like yeah. flies right Slow now. Down. Uh, we we lost Ennio Morricone. We lost uh, the the guy that played the hillbilly in Evil Dead Two. Um, <laughs> oh, not that guy! Not that guy. <laughs> um, but then just just recently, uh, we, we lost what Naya Rivera. They oh just my gosh! Out. How yeah. sad was that? That's super yeah, that sad. Was tragic. So then, just recently, we found out that I, I didn't even know she was fighting cancer. Me neither. Uh, Kelly Preston yeah. passes away at 57. I'm like, that is way too Super young, young. To, to, to go. Man, I, the, the memories I have of Kelly Preston mm-hmm. throughout, like just different movies that that I have loved over the years. You know, the, hmm. I gave you guys a list. I was like, there's twins. Yeah. There's uh, there's Sky High. Sarah pointed, reminded me of that. She was like, oh, yeah, she plays the mom in Sky High. I was like, I love that movie. What are you talking about? Uh, but there's a, there's a film that, it was one of the first movies that I saw by myself in a theater. It was that and Flight of the Navigator were the first oh. two movies that my father bought me tickets. 
bought me a ticket just for myself and trusted me enough to go in and watch a movie. Uh, and, and to this day, I swear to this day, uh, <laughs> I swear that he, he bought a ticket and then just like sat in the theater, like further behind me or whatever. <laughs> uh, but space camp yes. was one of those movies that uh, I went to see by myself and, and it came out on video. I watched it over and over and over again on a loop. It has so many great things working for it, but it is such cheese. Uh, but it, it stars Leah Thompson, Tom Skerritt, uh, Kate Capshaw's in this movie, Dylan Baker's in this movie, um, wow. and Kelly Preston, obviously, and a young, like nine year old Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, who, who goes by the name Leaf Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, in, in this movie, but. Joke. Have you got? Have you ever seen? Have either of you seen this movie before? Oh yeah, I saw this in theaters, man. Leah Thompson. Did not know. Did not know this existed. You didn't know it existed. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I uh, I want to go back and watch Kelly Preston in one of the most memorable roles for me, uh, and that in what was it, nineteen eighty four? Eighty six. Eighty six is Space Camp, uh, which. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. <laughs> I think you can Uh-oh. you can find it on iTunes though, and uh, and, and you guys, you know, the usual source, <laughs> yeah. your, AKA your Dropbox folder. We've got uh, Craniac's host Ryan Jenkins teases me a lot online about how much of a crime it is. He's like, you know, <laughs> you know, pirating movies is a crime, Joe. <laughs> so to to to, to oh, the Ryan. extent where to the extent where. He was talking about how, like, because he's doing that Disney podcast yeah. now, and he and his wife needed to watch Dumbo, and he had, he had posted Uh-oh. something saying, like, I'm so scared with Hamilton coming out this week. You know, is Disney Plus going to work, or, or are we oh. going to have some trouble getting, getting uh, is it going to be, like, bottlenecked? And I told him, I'm like, well, download the movie and watch it offline. And he responds with, downloading movies is a crime, Joe. And I was like, <laughs> I responded, I was like, no, Dick, through the, the app, the app lets you download the movie <laughs> so you can watch it offline. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, Space Camp. Love that, right? Uh, we'll, we'll check that out. Um, really quick, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but mm-hmm. Sarah and I watched that movie, Irresistible. You did the John the John Stewart movie. I did talk about that. Okay, good. Um, just to reiterate, maybe not worth the money. Have, <laughs> okay. Did you? Have either of you seen that yet? No, uh, no. it's still okay. what is it? It's like full price, right? Got to pay twenty bucks. Like twenty to see it. bucks, uh, yeah, to rent it. Twenty bucks to rent it. Yeah, I don't. <sighs> I, yes, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's gonna have I to mean, be a sure a thing. You know a guy. <laughs> no, that's also true. Past. Well, not when, uh, especially not when Tom Hanks is in uh, Greyhound for free on Apple TV Plus. Uh, yeah, Greyhound. that's so, right. That's I'm, right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch efforts. That's getting good reviews. No, uh, yeah, dude, I'm really looking forward to it. I love buses. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? You may be uh, sorely disappointed. <laughs> there are no buses. It's about Greyhound Racing, sadly. It's a sequel to the Sea Biscuit. Oh. Wait, this isn't about the history of the Greyhound bus. <laughs> and they kill the dog in the end. Oh, no. It's like Sea Biscuit oh. with dogs. <laughs> Tom yeah, Hanks just terrible. takes his neck. Snaps it right off. Oh my god! Yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry, a lot of people don't know. It's twist ending. He went. He went literally twist ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh my god! Oh. Uh, we're sitting here talking about the murder of animals. That's horrible. It's all in good fun. Uh, we love animals. Which means we need to wrap this up. That's, that's, uh, that's Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Tess, <laughs> <laughs> good job. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. 
Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. All right, guys. We'll see you next week for Space Camp. You? Yeah. And if we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, <laughs> and good night. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.